All right, we're on. We're officially on. We were <laughs> right. obviously having a nice conversation before this, um, but this is your second time back, Michael Basil. Yes, sir. I love it. And, <laughs> and uh, you're in Florida right now for a fight? I am. I am. I'm with uh, uh, Demetrius Bubu Andre, and uh, he's the WBO middleweight champion of the world, and he's defending his title against Liam Williams on DAZN, D-A-Z-N, this Saturday. I didn't know how to say that at first. The first time I ever read that out loud, I was like, what does that mean? What is that? And then they say it kind of how yeah. it's spelled. I don't, I don't know what the, the initials mean. I think they mean something, but the <laughs> people call it Dazen or. Yeah, that's what I you know, to say. There's no vowels except there's one A. I think A is the vowel. But yeah. it's like the whole, the whole thing is it's, it's like they're saying it for the kids, you know, to, to connect with the youth, the zone, the zone, mm -hmm. bro. What's up, man? Budget, the zone. <laughs> But, you know, hey, man, you know, really, you need an O in between the Z and the N for people to recognize the zone. And you need an E at the end to make the vowel, uh, right? O. Yeah. Otherwise, it's an ah. <laughs> but that's but, what uh, they yeah. do. So that's the they're new kinda, way. They're kind of taking the over. They're doing great. You know, they're doing great. Um, I love it. They're, uh, you know, this is a great fight. I mean, it's given Demetrius a... Uh, a chance to defend his title and to fight. You know, he's in the talks with Triple G. They don't want to fight him. He's in the talks with uh, Canelo. We were supposed to fight Canelo after the last time we fought in Miami mm -hmm. pre-pandemic pre on Super Bowl week. He fought in Miami and mm -hmm. we were supposed to get the, that win was supposed to catapult us to the Canelo fight and it never happened. Then we we're supposed to fight Billy Joe Saunders twice, who's fighting Canelo in a couple weeks and yeah. we were supposed to fight billy joe from england and then billy joe tested positive for a banned substance that fight was off mm. and he gets the fight it's like you know you get banned you get suspended and now you're getting the canelo fight because the canelo fight is the is the cash cow yeah that's what everyone wants that's where everyone they, makes... just, they really just want to fight him because it comes with like fame yeah well yeah. that and and you make and you're making some money yeah, you're gonna make the bigger paycheck you've ever made. And Canelo's just handing out fights. I feel like right now he's got a fucking, you know, he's just yeah, doing it. yeah. He's just like you know, he's fighting guys that no real tough guys yet. The last, the last real formidable, formidable foe was Daniel Jacobs. You know, that was my guys too, mm -hmm. and that was a that was a close fight. And Danny could have won that fight. You know, a couple of rounds switched either way. Danny could have pulled that off, you know, and then he fought uh, Kovalov at light heavyweight, but Kovalov was actually literally winning the fight until he was knocked out by Canelo and yeah. all the credit to Canelo. He, he knocked him out, <clears throat> mm -hmm. but I think, uh, you know, Kovalov was hurting in that fight from his two fights with uh, um, Andre Ward, who also, you know, stopped him in the second, in the rematch. Yeah. But, I have uh, a question yeah, for you. I have a yeah. question for you. So you were saying off, off, uh, off the record, but um, how has like traveling and being, you know, out and about? How are you taking care of yourself? Like, what is it that you're doing with kind of increased well, travel? So in boxing, you know, when when the pandemic happened in March of 2020, I lost all my sources of income in in that weekend. Mm -hmm. that March weekend. Um, my gym had to close. I have a partner, Bruno Escalante. Our gym closed in San Mateo. So that was gone. 
I worked for a company called Snack Scientific Nutrition for Advanced Conditioning. That closed. That paycheck was gone. And I work in boxing and all sports was canceled. That paycheck was gone. So the platform that we're on right now, Zoom, I had never wanted to do any kind of online training ever. And uh, I kind of started doing it. Did some classes. We did uh, some one-on-ones and I kind of liked it. And we were helping each other, all my clients. I have a lot of equipment, Ariane knows. I have tons of stuff that I use. And then you also, Miles, saw it at performance gains in Palo Alto. You saw the setup I would do. Mm-hmm. It was like, what the hell is this kid doing? And he's putting like, he's spending an hour setting this whole class up. It's like, my goodness, what is that? So all those toys, those tools I have, I was loaning them out to my clients. And they were building their little gyms in their homes. So me and Bruno, right away, we decided, hey, you know what? We're not going to try to train people in the gym. Let's take this thing very serious and let's be let's support our community like they are supporting us they got to stay home so we're going to stay home we'll train them online for as long as they they can hang with us that they want to do it right so that's how we started and then in a couple months it was getting very nervous that this thing not really opening up anymore it's kind of nerve-wracking so i was very fortunate to get the job as house cut man for top rank boxing. And then we did it in uh, the MGM Grand. We were in a sports bubble. We were one of the first sports bubbles in professional sports, along with the NBA. They started doing it, I think, before the NFL and before baseball. Mm -hmm. NBA was doing it, so we did as well. So we created what we called the bubble. And then we, uh, we were at the 12th floor of the MGM Grand. We had two shows a week on ESPN, Tuesdays and Thursday nights. I was there for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. The 12th floor of the MGM Grand. It was brutal, but it was a great experience. I got to work with a lot of guys, the ESPN crew. A lot of those guys, I'm talking about um, the, the cable guys and the guys that pulled wire, the guys that, you know, the, all the behind the scenes guys. These yeah. guys were, were actually, along with me and Stitch Duran, were the only, uh, we were the only two cut men in the business working. And these guys were the only guys in their industry working they they had done concerts for beyonce journey uh rolling stones they were they were on tour they did all these shows nobody was working because all that industry was shut down so that was 45 weeks ago that was june 7th of 2020 and in 45 weeks i've since then again after the two months was over top rank went to one show a week then they went to one show a month. Then they took a long break and now they're back to like one, two shows every month. It just, it depends. Mm-hmm. But during that time, because we were on TV, the whole thing, Stitch didn't want to travel because the vaccinations weren't there right now. They were mm-hmm. still being pushed, uh, Operation Warp Speed, right? So they were being taken. They were still coming. So Stitch was 69. He doesn't want to travel. I'm 57. I'm like, I need to work. Our gym is still closed. I got to make money. I mean, this this ain't good. This was great money working with Top Rank. Great opportunity. So I got to work with PBC, which is Premier Boxing Champions. So I went to work for them. I worked for um, I worked for Matchroom, which I'm working for now as a house cut man. They're on the zone, and I went to England. Went to you know on in Florida down here, and then I also worked for uh, Thompson Boxing down in LA. 
and I worked for um, uh, Ring City USA, which is another startup platform for boxing. They're on NBC. So in those 45 weeks, with all the COVID tests, every, literally almost every week, I've been tested now 51 times mm. in 45 weeks. <laughs> and it's been, I'm 51 and 0 so far. Oh. I've, had, I've had every test. I've had it stuck up in the brain cell. I've had the, the saliva, the throat swab, the self-administered, the self-administered one. I don't know if you guys have done it, but it's like you go here, you go side view, and then you go here, right? And then she goes, okay, go in. There's a little marker. And then she goes, okay, now tilt your head back, go in. Now raise your elbow. Oh! <laughs> raise up and it just goes in. So that's one. And then I've done all of them. And then um, and then now just recently in California, April 1st, over 50 were, were eligible for the vaccine, the Johnson & Johnson, which has now just recently been pulled. So on April 5th, I went to Oakland Coliseum and got my Johnson & Johnson vaccine. I had no symptoms. It burned going in. Uh, the lady said it, the medicine does burn, and it did. Mm -hmm. uh, she poked my arm it didn't hurt uh i felt it come in burning a little burning liquid kind of yeah. feeling uh -huh. it, it, it kind of went to my hand right here yeah i kind of did this kind of thing and then they mm. drove me forward they said hey wait 15 minutes if you have any symptoms of shortness of breath dizziness sounds like um, it hit your nerve <laughs> yeah and but you know she goes but i had no symptoms other than a medicine taste in my mouth that day mm -hmm. i had some fatigue but it could all have been in my head because I am a, yeah. I'm a, place, I'm a placebo candidate. If you tell me this stuff works, I'm like, if I, if I want it to work, I'll be like, yeah, I feel this man. This feels <laughs> great. It's the most amazing shit I've ever had. Come on. I'm ready to go. I'll feel, I'll do that. So I felt a little tired, but my arm was not sore from mm. the shot. I've had booster shots before I've had vaccinations before where my arm is hurt really sore, but nothing like that. And uh, so, so I'm in, I'm uh, next Monday, this coming Monday will be my second week, which means I'm, that means they say in two weeks, it kicks in mm -hmm. to where then you're good to go. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, so far, no problems. We were talking about the, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I fly every week. Um, you know, we were talking about the mass and you know, I just think it's anyone's choice. I mean, if you want to get a vaccination, get it. If you don't, don't. Mm -hmm. I don't. There's no laws right now saying that you have to. Yeah. There's there's some interesting. Like I have a couple clients who their their companies have actually told them they need to have a vaccination to be able to come back to work oh, in the okay. buildings. I don't know how legal that is. I don't. I don't know the legalities of that because again, yeah. these vaccinations are not FDA approved. They're not. It's this is emergency use. Yeah, this is emergency use. This is not. I think in a couple of years, some of these might be approved. Finally, maybe not. Maybe it's a whole different vaccine that gets approved. Yeah, you know. I mean, who knows? it takes a long time to even get a vaccination. They said this was like a like you said, it was a speedy process. Yeah, the warp speed, right? The, yeah. But you know, that's the whole thing. It's like this is uh, the world was at war with a germ mm -hmm. or with the virus. I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I could tell you that there's all, you know, was it real? Is it real? Is it not? Is it this? Is it low percentage of death? I, 
there's a lot of news that is garbage. Yeah. A lot of my information that I would spew out is based on a lot of that garbage that I've listened to. It's hard to even navigate what's real and what's not. Yeah. But, but the whole world kind of shut down in March. It wasn't just the USA. It wasn't just the Democrat states. Yeah. The whole I th- freaking I world. Think, I think you Something have an inter- interesting perspective because the amount of amount of shot or amount of tests you've done the the traveling like you're probably one of those people that hasn't really slowed down on that front so and you're able to kind of uh i don't know be firsthand experience you probably have a lot of a lot of experience under your belt i've seen the numb nuts that you know we were talking before the thing before this where you know, I've seen the numb nuts in there that won't wear a mask. I mean, it's like at the airport, they're, they won't get, they're not getting on the plane. They're going to get kicked off. We all get delayed because they argue with them. But it's just stupid because I, I don't, look, it's, you cannot say the word bomb at an airport. We all know that. Mm-hmm. You're going to get arrested. <clears throat> if I go in the airport and say bomb, I'm out. I'm going to get arrested. If I say I have drugs on me, even if I'm joking around. They could pull me in and TSA and investigate me. All we know these things are taboo. So but we test you, it. As soon as you go into the airport, they tell you by it's it's federal law that you must wear a mask in an airport now. It I and again I've not seen it written out. I haven't seen the law. So I'm assuming that these guys are telling the truth. It's a law now. So look, wear the damn mask. I gotta travel. It's not big a deal. I'm not gonna suffocate on my own carbon dioxide that I'm because I'm wearing a mask for a few hours and you can breathe with it. You just, I mean, come on, man, don't be dumb. You know, don't be dumb. And it's like, but you hold, but there's always these people in there that do it. And I, and I look at it like this, you guys don't have to wear a mask around me. I'm going to wear one, but you don't have to. We, I'm going to protect you from me. And I'm going to take my, protect myself from you, right? Yeah. I choose to do that. You don't have to do it. It's okay. But like, it's like, you know, it, it, I don't get why people have to be so crazy if they don't want to wear a mask. Like you see them coming into the coffee shop or Walmart yeah. or the grocery store and the, and, the, and the facility literally says, hey, man, you cannot come in here without a mask. And their reaction is not, all right, well, have a nice day. Or, all right, I'll put it on for the five minutes I'm going to make my order. No, they say, you're taking away my freedom. It's my constitutional right. But it's not even that. They start spitting or feigning coughing <laughs> in their face. Spitting on this window. I mean, come on, man. Really? Yeah. What yeah. is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? That in itself is a violation of anyone's civil rights. You're trying to defend your own civil rights, but you're willing to, in defending your civil rights, you're willing to take away someone else's or threaten someone else's civil rights in the same process. I don't understand. I don't get that. That's just not a philosophy that I like. And it's the same way we talked before the analogy that people use in this little debate of they use the animal uh, kingdom of lion and sheep. Right. I hate that because it doesn't, Listen, we live in a society. We live in a civilization. We live in a community. So the whole purpose of this whole deal is if I live, sheep 
are not natural predators, right? They're not. So sheep get, they bind together in a group to protect each other. They protect their, their young, their old, right? They have them all in the middle. They protect each other. That's what we do in a society. We build hospitals for our sick. We build places for our old. We try to take care of those people. We try to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, come on, man. You, 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 you try to protect your children and put them in safe environments. It's like, that's what we are. We are sheep, right? Yeah. It's like, and, and then what does a lion do? A lion, it doesn't go around beating the shit out of the toughest guys in the jungle. It eats the young, the old, the sick that stray outside the pack. Those are the prey that it attacks. And then once one of them gets one of those animals, they all feed on it. They're not individually going out and hunting and grabbing. Yeah. No, they're just, it, so if that's what you want to be a lion, where you want to feed on the weak and the old and the sick, that ain't me. Bah, I'll be the sheep. I'll be the sheep all day long. I'll be the sheep all day long. Right? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm going to, if, if, a, if a bad thing happens, if the zombie apocalypse happens, I hope that I'm not alive. I hope that I die trying to protect people that can't protect themselves. I'll rather go out like that than living by myself because I stomped on the freaking heads and the hands of people who were trying to, you know, ask for my help or, or I was to, to, for me to survive. I had to hurt other people. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not I'm not rolling like that. Yeah. And I, I don't want to live like that. Yeah. Which is, it's just funny because I feel like the common, you know, like people like to hop on that boat of just like, I'm a wolf among sheep or I'm a lion among sheep, you know, just like I, I you know, I'm not like falling in the line like that. Mm. You know, it's, it's a whole thing. There's so many things out today. I mean, there's the gun debate, there's the racial divide, there's, there's uh, what do we do? Our police uh, with the police problems. There's so many things like, I mean, there's some real issues in, in our country, in our society, and in, in the way we live. And, uh, you know, it, it really is almost a maybe a time for us to reimagine and re. But we can't do it. We can't. How, how can we move forward with real solution, real decisions when we're doing this to each other? You can't. You can't. So if you want to, you, you, it, all, and, I, and I really believe this, people come to me, I'm sure they've come to you guys. You must use your platform to bring awareness. And no, I don't. I use my vote. If I really want to make awareness, I will put my money into something that actually makes a change. I will put my mind into something that actually will make an actual change. What is the actual solution we're going to go with here? You can't do everything. You can't give your money to every single thing that knocks on your door. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, what the talk is talk, man. What do you want me to do? Get on my, my, my Instagram? Who gives a shit what I say on Instagram? No one. Fucking nobody gives a shit about that. But if I help organizations, people that are really trying to make a, a change, if I really want to get involved, I'll get involved in something that's really going to make a difference to something I really truly believe in. You guys might not agree with what I believe in, but I might believe in it. And I'll put my energy and my, my resources into that 
moving forward to actually mm-hmm. make something happen. We all should do it as individuals, what we believe in. I don't care what you guys, if you guys are different than me, you're still my friends. I don't, I don't, I never would want to not, you know, be around someone or associate someone because they didn't agree with me. That's just, that don't make no sense to me either. Well, you're supposed to welcome that, right? It's almost like soldier versus like scout. It's like you're you already defending your beliefs versus like a scout is like welcoming, like, oh, I might not know something that I might yeah. learn today. Yeah. And, and like for boxing, right? I'm a cut man, trainer. I've been doing this for many years. And, you know, people ask me, da, 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 you know, you're the best, this and that. I'm not the best. And I, I literally learn something new every single fight that I'm involved in. I learned something that I didn't know before. And that's, that's, no, that's just the truth. So if I, I literally learn something new in a craft that I'm very proficient at, all right, very proficient at, if I learn something new every single time I do it, how can I know everything? I can't. <laughs> I'm always learning. So yeah. that's in life too. If I, that's in life. If I disagree with you, but I fight you, instead of embracing the differences, if I embrace the differences and talk with you, even debate with you, I learn from you. Right? Yeah. So that only makes it better. It's like anything, it, it, even, in, even in war, Sun Tzu, uh, the art of war, his, know your enemy. If you, by knowing your enemy, you know how to defeat them. If you just ignore them and anger and fight them and just, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to, I don't want nothing to do with you. I disagree with you. You're a scum. You're this. You're, you're going to get, you're going to get caught. <laughs> it's happened in every, every, every major thing in life. We didn't, we didn't, uh, the world ignored many dictators in the past. I have a question for you. Maybe shift gears into, um, just I have a couple questions. Are you still working with people like clients? Yeah, and- I am. I am. How do you, uh, Zoom, make, how do you make that work with your traveling and all that? So right now I just started, um, doing Monday nights at Aloha time boxing. That's our gym, me and Bruno's mm-hmm. gym in San Mateo. And I, uh, so I do my 90 minute class. I only have six people that can fit. Mm-hmm. Because in most of the travel, I'm usually I'm coming home on Sunday, so I'm and I don't leave again till Tuesday or Wednesday. Oh, okay. So you I have, have a couple days. Yeah, and then I'm I have two shows next week, one in New York and one back here in Florida, so I'm not going to be there for Monday. Mm. I'll miss that one, mm-hmm. but I'll I'll but then I'll be home for four weeks, so I'll be able to do it. Oh, that's and then cool. I'll, and then I work with one on ones in the gym if I can. Yeah. If not, and if not, I do Zoom, but I don't have a lot of clients. I don't, it's pretty much the same group. I picked up a couple of new ones mm-hmm. just because they, they kept contact with me. They kept talk, asking me and I just made it happen, mm-hmm. but I haven't um, picked up any real new clients and stuff. So, you know, I just do it because I still, I miss it the most mm-hmm. being in the gym, training uh, people, fighters. That's my main thing that i do cut man mm-hmm. stuff has been a very fortunate job and a very fortunate source of income and it's become a business now that's that's been 
pretty successful. So I'm happy yeah. with it. Yeah. Mm. But you said you miss working with people like one on one. You like doing that gym do. stuff and all that. I do. I still I still love it and yeah. And miss it. And uh you know, uh yeah, that's a big it's a big uh it, it's a bummer, man, that not not to be able you know, I don't I don't particularly want to be on the road all the time. It's just part of I'm I'm where you're at. You think you're gonna be home and then all of a sudden you're called again and you go on the road again and then but I'm very fortunate to get the work. I'm very, I, I can't turn it down. Mm-hmm. How you ever do seen you, a, uh, sorry, go on. No, I was just say, you ever seen a, the documentary hired guns? Mm-hmm. It's in the music no. industry. So they have like the top people like Billy Joel, uh, uh, Mandy. Uh-huh. She was a, she was an actress that became, uh, she got into music, uh, Alice Cooper, all these people. So in, on the records, they have these musicians that are in on every every song that we hear on the radio. These handful of musicians play on all that record. The bands go out; they're a little different, right? But mm-hmm. all the top guys, and they're like the hired guns; they're the best. Yeah, and they got to perform. They got their studio musicians, and they got to perform. It's a lot like the Muscle Shoals musicians mm-hmm. of the '60s and '70s. The you know those kind of guys. So, so you're like a, a hired gun. You're like a hired gun and then you got to do the work. So there's a guitar player who played with Mandy and she, he was with her for two years. And he's like, I got, I got my kids. I bought a house. I'm all this. And then all of a sudden I get a letter. She's going back to acting. She's not going to be performing anymore. And he's like, what, what the, the gig is over. Yeah. What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> so he had to go back and work again, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but it's like that. It's like, you're, Man, you're only as good as your last fight. You're only as good as the last pay. It's not anything that's uh, solid. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of so riding I, the wave. Yeah, right you're now. riding it. And and it's just you're hired and it's, you know, boxing is one of the craziest things you would ever want to get involved in, professional boxing. Mm. But it's what I do. And um, you know, but the training is something I'll have forever, hopefully. What do you what do you do on like maybe like a routine when you're traveling, do you try to bring any equipment? Do you exercise? I did, I did but I don't, this time I bought some, brought some parallel bars. I brought uh-huh. some push pro handles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but generally like today, there's a gym that's right. This is a, this is kind of like not a real full bubble. Once we're tested, we can kind of walk around. Mm-hmm. So there's a gym that we can use. That's really sweet. So I'm going to go there tonight and work out a little bit. But normally it's push-ups, sit-ups in the room. Uh, I got bored of that though. I mean, I was during the, during the, um, during the uh, shelter in place for the month of March, April, May, I was working out a lot at home and it was great. But then once I went on the road, I didn't have the weights. You didn't have access to weights or mm-hmm. you know, I had everything in my place. And then now I, it, it, it kind of got, I got tired of doing the push up sit up thing and, you know, and, it, and you're tired. It's, it's a lot of isolation. So there's a lot of laying down. You're in a hotel room. You're mm-hmm. literally in a hotel room. Yeah. You lay, you lay down, you sit in a chair. Uh, you can't leave. They drop the food off at the door. Mm. That's it's what I was going to ask man. you was like, how is your, what's your like, What's your like, because um, I can't imagine you're probably, I mean, I don't know, I, I, knowing you from before, I know sleep was the thing you always try to improve, but how are you sleeping now on the road? It's tough. 
I don't it's always a different like time yeah. frame for you and everything. Different time frame, different, uh, you know, different beds are all different. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. I sleep, I'm sleeping on the floor. Oh, really? I have been sleeping on the floors a lot in the hotel rooms because I know, you're, I I know like, you're a lazy boy guy. I love the lazy boy. I'm like in a little fetal position sometimes on my side. <laughs> it's perfect, but I like a hard bed too. And I'll yeah. lay on the, I'll lay on the floor and relax on sleep on the floor at the hotel rooms. A lot. I don't even sleep in the bed because some are big, some are soft. It's just, they're all different. Yeah. Consistency is a little off. It's off big time off. But the floor is always food. Hard, so that's good. Food is tough. Yeah. <laughs> food is tough too. It's hard with the food. You can't always, you know, sometimes you eat the bubble food, which is, boy, it's could be really bad, really crappy. Mm. Yeah. I was uh, in Puerto Rico three times in March. I mean, it was like, it was all fried food. There was no vegetable to be seen in the hotel. None. And I was trying to eat vegetables and stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that kind of thing I'm trying to uh, trying to improve on. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you I know? saw uh, Mike Salemi's stories, he would always like, I swear that guy is like a master of just like little stuff. Like he'd be like, oh, I brought my like my tuna little can. I have that tucked in for my airport rides and I have my bone broth like packets. And he's just like yeah. always like got that stuff on him. He does. And I was trying to do some of that, too. And uh, it's helped. It does. Yeah. Help when you bring your own stuff yeah remember those baruka nuts i showed you I, I have those and you know it's great i get a little super beat uh that's a little uh drink a little powder drinks just beats called super beats i love that mm-hmm. yeah it helps me with just trying to do some stuff you know yeah yeah mm. that's but good. yeah it's, it's hard man it's not easy no, i can't i mean i i can't imagine it. i've never i've never traveled as often as you do but um and and like you said, you're just like a you're you are a hired like you know gun. That's it. You're just like yeah, on the road when they call you. Yeah, and I'm trying to get. It's hard to turn it down. You know, you want them to keep going as long as they call you. It's like you're, you know, I'm kind of surprised every time they call me. You know, I'm like, really? Okay, I'm helping them there. I'm coming. Do you really want it? Well, I'm really busy. I don't know. No, it's like, do you want the gig? Yes. Yes. Where do I go? Yes. Here's my birth date, name of my driver's <laughs> license, my birth date. Here's my information. Book the flight. I'm ready to go. Yeah. So it's crazy. I, I, I did I- a, a job for about six months. Uh, probably can't say their name, but I was traveling for a while. And, um, and yeah, it was like every week you were in a different state. You were doing work. And we you would have to go out and find food. You had to stay in the hotel. Um, it wasn't during COVID time, but uh, man, it, it takes a toll on you. You know, a lot of it people, takes a, toll. a lot of people initially, I mean, I was pretty excited that I got to go see the world a little bit. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, you start to think about, you know, just your routine and your basic, you know, things that you kind of lose out on just waking up in your own house, eating your own food, um, yeah. seeing the, seeing your friends and family. Yeah. That's just, it's not there. And what's hard is being in the air all the time, mm-hmm. man, I, I've been, Puerto Rico. There was no easy way to get there. You know, it's a, it's a four hour, five hour flight then another three hour flight. It's a, 
even getting here and uh, I flew into Miami, it was a, it was a four hour and three hour flight. Mm-hmm. It's a long, it's long. It's a lot of time being in the air. It's not easy. It's tough yeah. on your body. Yeah. yeah. My, my legs swell up sometimes. Not all, not as much anymore. Sometimes I used to swell mm-hmm. up every time I flew, but it's uh, and that's what, what, why is that? Why am I not swelling up anymore? What's going on? Am I, <laughs> am I used to that now? Am I, your body's adjusted. I know it's crazy. Yeah. The amount of sitting kills. I can't even do the Texas oh. to California flight, dude. I fucking three hours on my ass. And I'm just like, dude, I'm starting to get all like antsy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to I like get up. It sucks. Sitting is brutal. It's bad for you. You're, you're locked in like this. I mean, are you doing uh, more stuff through kind of Zoom and stuff where you have to show face or? Yeah, I've been, I've been doing it. I, I, I'm not going to do much of it. This I'm here for a couple of weeks in Florida. Mm-hmm. The time change and because of that, I usually do early morning stuff. Mm-hmm. But by the time early morning <laughs> here, then it's it's nine thirty ten, and that's when everything starts here for the fights. So it's kind of conflicts. Mm-hmm. today was a good time because it was it's a break i got the perfect little window yeah to, to do this with you guys today mm-hmm. like tomorrow would be no good you know friday's no good saturday's mm-hmm. to fight yeah but today was a perfect time yeah that's good what is something that you look forward to uh when you do a fight like what's you get excited about it is there something that yeah you're... yeah I get excited. I mean, it's like, uh, it's an addiction to be honest with you. I like being in the mix of it. I like being the cut man. Sometimes you don't work, right? Sometimes it's, there's no injury, Mm -hmm. but if there's an injury, a cut, swelling, um, even a knockdown where you have to revive the guy in between the rounds, I, I want to be in the ring. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter if, if it's a cut, and, and, it, and being the house cut man, I've, I've been able, very fortunate to work with a lot of fighters and fight trainers who I didn't work with before. Mm-hmm. So when there's a cut, I literally will say, I'm in the middle. I got it. I don't wait for them. I don't, I don't wait for them to say, hey, man, there's a cut. You're going to go? No, I just <laughs> go, there's a cut. I'm in the middle. Yeah. I just go right away. Unless the coach says, no, not. But they've never said that yet. Mm-hmm. But I just go right in. I jump on it right away. Mm-hmm. um Which i have i'm sure te- they appreciate yeah well i have a technique that i use it's a it's a lot of factors involved but the ring po- corners are like this right there's yeah. the post and it's like this well some fights have stairs that go up each edge mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't have they have only on one side usually the right side mm-hmm. and you have an inspector that goes through the head trainer that goes up he goes in the middle, then I would go up and then the other guy would swing around or, it, or the cut man sometimes would have to grab the pole and swing around the other side without the stairs. The left side without the stairs, I usually call the hard side. That's the hard side to get up. Mm-hmm. I'm not swinging around. I'm not doing that because I, we wear gloves. They're greasy. Uh, you'll fall. You'll slip eventually. And it's dirty. Mm-hmm. You're putting your hands. You're supposed to. Why would I wear gloves? Why would it be mandatory for me to wear gloves, but I'm touching the ring and everything with my, with the dirty ass ring, mm-hmm. with my, with my sanitized gloves. 
It makes no sense, right? Stupid. So I jump. If I don't have the stairs on the left side, I jump the hard side. So what I do is I squat down and I jump up. By mm -hmm. me doing that, I'm in the ring. I don't have to follow anybody. That takes mm -hmm. too long. Yeah. If I have to follow the inspector and the head trainer, I get about 40 to 45 seconds of the minute. By me jumping the left side, I get about 55 seconds of the minute, which saves me. And if I jump in the middle of the ring, I can be in the ring in two seconds. Literally, as the fighter turns around, I've already have my hands on his face and guides him. I guide him to the chair. Mm -hmm. So that's huge for what I do. Now, Stitch is funny because Stitch, he filmed me a couple of times doing it, right? Because he's like, you're crazy, man. Why are you, why are you jumping in the ring for? And you can hear him watch me jump up, right? And he sees me. He goes, that's right. That's right, motherfucker. A few more years, you'll be taking the stairs. Don't be bullshitting me, Right. So it's like, it's funny because he's teasing me, right? But so far, I am able to do it and, and mm -hmm. get up there. I practice, you know, I warm up and I'm, you know, it's just a jump. Shit, I do it my whole life training. Awesome. But I enjoy that because it's physical and it's like a physical thing. It's a physical act. I'm, I'm, fir I'm first in the ring, last out the ring. I love that part of it, being involved. I want to be the guy to help the fighter. I want to be the, I'm not the guy. You can't be a cut, a cut man and wait. You can't wait to be told what to do. You yeah. have to do it. You have to jump. You have to be the guy that wants, literally you want the ball. We got a yard to go. Who wants the ball? Give me it. I'm got it. Mm -hmm. I got the ball. It's mine. Mm. You want that. And you, you fail. Sometimes you fail, but you know, in, in what okay. way? How, you know, like say, felt say like the, you just, no, I haven't really. I mean, there's been fights that's been stopped from cuts, right? Yeah. I mean, there was one I was involved with, Jaron Ennis, who's a beast of a welterweight. Mm -hmm. He's knocking everybody out. He just mm -hmm. knocked out um, Sergey Lipinets, which is a tough, as tough as they come. He just knocked him out. And now he, uh, that's 147 pounds, is a welterweight. But we fought in uh, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. He fought for the IBF, IB. IBO title against uh, Van Heerden, Chris Van mm -hmm. Heerden from South Africa. And I had Van Heerden, who was an older fighter, mm -hmm. but fighting this young, crazy killer, right? Yeah. Well, in the in, in Chris Cuts, he's famous for bleeding all over. So that's why I was hired to go to keep him in the fight, right? Yeah. So in, in the very first round, their head, he, Chris was getting beat up. Yeah, this guy was an animal. This guy was just—he was going to stop us. It was just a matter of time. Mm -hmm. But in the very first round, the heads butted, and um, Ennis went like this, ah, but no cut. Uh -huh. But Chris was laid open right across the forehead. His head was down, and the blood was literally pouring out mm. onto the floor. As soon as the ref saw that, the blood hit the floor. He goes, Doc, time! Because it's, it's an unintentional foul. ahead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In a world title fight, or in most fights, especially world title, inside of four rounds, if you have an injury that's caused by an unintentional foul, and the fight, if, it, if the fight goes four rounds and goes into the fifth, it can be stopped. If it has to be stopped, it's a, it's a no contest. 
which means no one wins or loses and, you know, whatever. Now, if it goes past that, it can, it can go to scorecards, right? If it's mm-hmm. something like that, if it happens, mm-hmm. or it can be about, you know, you generally it's a TKO and you stopped and it's over. But mm-hmm. anyway, we, uh, anyway, uh, the, the, the referee goes, doc, doc, doc. So Dr. Schwartz comes in the ring right away. And as he's walking up the stairs, he goes, oh, it's over. This fight's over. He calls the fight. But as he sees Chris and Chris turns around and he goes like this, he goes, he goes, stop the cut for me. He asked me to stop it. And I'm like, you just called the fight. Why am I? What? Mm -hmm. So I jump on it. I have to use two swabs. I put the pressure, put the thing. And within that time, minute or so i i stopped the blood yeah you see this the skull you see the bone but i stop it the referee's like damn you stopped that blood and then the doc's going i can't believe you stopped that and then everyone's like holy shit he stopped the blood <laughs> but but <laughs> as soon as chris got hit again that shit was gonna bleed all over the place again yeah it's just it was just that type of cut mm-hmm. right but the fight was called and it went to a no contest. Nobody won. Chris got paid. The, the title stayed vacant. Mm-hmm. You know, for mm-hmm. Chris, it was the best case scenario. He got paid. It's no contest. It's not a loss. But that that's, you know, if, if it would have went the if it would have went on, we would have been TKO'd yeah. or, you know, it would have been I, I wouldn't have been able to stop that blood. I don't think I mean, I would have stopped it to, for the idea of something that bad is to stop the bleeding for the first minute and a half to two minutes of ground. Mm-hmm. But as the third minute happens and the, and the action is going, yeah. getting hit, it's going to bleed. Yeah. If I jump in the ring fast and put my hand on his bloody face as he turns around, I can wipe that wound, take that blood off as he sits down and the doctor sees him. He sees a clean wound. You don't want to wait until he sits down and the doc's up there and his face is all bloody. And yeah, then you yeah. start what you start cleaning it up in front of the doc. It looks like they're, they're going to stop it. Yeah. So anyway, that's just part of the, some of the how, techniques. How do you keep yourself? I mean, it, it sounds like experience one, but is there, I mean, how do you not let your nerves get the best of you in that? Like, it sounds like it's job. pretty in, in intense. You're seeing skulls, you know, you're <laughs> yeah, seeing I was bones. about to say, dude. Uh, I mean, I think that's, Dude. I mean, it's really intense to be right, right in front of that. It's like, a weird thing. I can watch something weird on TikTok or something. There's, you know, TikTok, they show all that weird shit, right? Cuts, yeah. all this stuff. And uh-huh. uh, I'm, I'm like this. Oh, fuck. I can't even watch that. <laughs> Duh, turn it off. Oh, wow. Well, in the action, I have none of that feeling. None of those nerves. Oh, wow. Going into, on like, Demetrius is a very good friend. And he's a, he's a fighter I've worked with many times. I'm getting nervous. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll, tomorrow, the press conference, I'll feel nerves for him yeah. for the fight. Uh-huh. Bruno, I'd feel nerves during the fight week. All the guys that I'm close to, mm-hmm. Nonito, all these guys. But fight day, I have no nerves. I'm not nervous at all because I have a job. And mm-hmm. I, it's, just, it's just from experience, like you said, from doing it so many times, I don't have any nerves. But if I'm not involved, like I had to watch, uh, I watched Arnold fight. I wasn't able, because of COVID, I wasn't able to go to his fight. Mm-hmm. I could barely watch it. I was like, 
I was pacing the ground and I was like, I was at home and I was like, okay, I ain't watching this. Nah, I'm not watching it. Fuck it. I'm turning it off. I don't know. I can't watch it. I can't do it. I can't watch it. And then I saw Dominic. Bruno took Dominic to the Nationals in his first fight. I was like a mess. Yeah. We were watching it in the gym and I was like, I can't watch this. And I found myself nervous going, well, why isn't he doing that? He needs a jab. He's not mm-hmm. even, he's not even landing anything. How does mm-hmm. he expect to win? What the hell's going on? I was like, I'm, I was like an idiot. Yeah, I just can't. If I'm not involved, it's hard for me to watch it. Yeah, yeah. If I know the people, but on fight night, no, no nerves. So, could you? I mean, can you think back to like the night before? Is there something? Is there like self talk that you're you're having with yourself, where you're well, like kind of like preparing yourself that maybe you could share with the audience, or maybe some advice on how to manage your nerves or is it just kind of does it just happen I, I i run through a script in my head of what i need and what i need to do and and little scenarios based on the person that i'm working with mm-hmm. um sometimes not knowing the fighters as being a house cut man and you're working with a lot of guys for the first time um like stitch will do it uh and i've and i've done it where you will kind of look in youtube some of their past fights mm-hmm. see what kind of injuries they had Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you don't have that luxury because they maybe don't have a lot of footage of their last fights, mm-hmm. but you try to do the best you can. And yeah, I try to run through. So I have an idea. I'm not walking. I'm not, I'm not cocky. I'm not going like, I've seen some cut men go, don't worry, kid. I'll just stare at it and it'll stop bleeding. <laughs> what? I've, I've heard them say it. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I've watched them, you know, but it's like, that's not, I don't say any of that stuff. You know, I just like you're locked in. I, you, you practice, you you run through scenarios of stuff. And, you know, I have a checklist of everything I need and, uh, you know, why I need it. Right. I need my inswell for swelling. This one for this, this inswell for that type, this inswell for that type. Here's my swab I need for this. Here's my, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this in this hand. If mm-hmm. I'm on this side of the ring, if I'm on the other side of the ring, I'm going to use this. So you, d- you do all those things and then, you know, come, uh, it's just a little rehearsal and, you know, and then visualization and then, uh, mm. that's it. I try to get rest the night before mm. I try not to, 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 I go to sleep. I try to mm. get rest and fight days sometimes are very short if we have to check in early and sometimes they're very long days because you have to check in super late. If like mm. I'm working the main event and I'm not working the other fights, the check-in sometimes it's 9 p.m. Yeah, so you have all day, you have all day fight day to kind of. But I'm not, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not really, um, you know, I try not to, and I try never. Once I do do something, I try. I never. If I make a mistake, I try never to repeat it. Like I've walked into a, I've jumped into the ring, not being swabbed up which means I don't have medicine on my swab and my swabs aren't ready to be used. I've done that before. I've done it where I've jumped in the ring without an ice bag or an inswell. And there's a knot that I didn't see from a butt or an elbow in the first round. I didn't Mm -hmm. see it. And I don't have any cold compress at all to deal with it. And I've done like, you know, whoa. Like some some guys will watch me and they'll go, why are you putting in? You're already touching the guy with inswell or you're already putting ice on their head. It's the first round. I didn't even really see the guy get hit. Well, 
I've looked at previous fights. I've seen how they have a propensity to swell. I've seen how things have happened. I've seen, I don't ever want to get caught not addressing something. And a swelling could happen like that. It can close in a heartbeat. But I don't want to get caught like that without ever having any kind of, uh, I haven't worked on it before it's happened. You know, I haven't addressed it. Yeah. So, so you just don't want to get caught with I, your, yeah, I was going to say, do you think that's uh, comforting for like the fighters you work with? Because Yeah. You know. Yeah, it is. It is. Guys will guys watch you. Guys yeah. watch you. Trainers watch you. Other guys watch you. Other cut men watch you. Uh, you know, and they and they yeah, it's true. Yeah. I think there's a lot to say with like uh having the longevity in that in that fight and how essential you are for a fighter. And then also like outside of their their, their career as a whole, like if they have, you know, real good support, like it could potentially, you know, propel them a little bit farther in their career. Yeah. Um, and then in the fight as well. And you get damaged, man. You don't want, you know, you want to take care of the guy, you know, they're in there. It's tough. It's a tough game. Mm -hmm. Really tough game. It's not easy. Yeah. I think that job in general is like, um, I mean, you think about day jobs and this is your day job, you know, like uh, yeah. Yeah. it's, uh, it's like, I don't know. You, you, you find people who like, just want to, they're like, Oh, like I can't wait till work is over, but you're like, I gotta be in love with it. And I gotta be caring for these people because they're all people. They're not just numbers. I'm not just, they're not just, you know, paying me out and then I'm going back and repeating it. So you get like emotionally involved into every single fight. Yeah. I have a question for you. So if, if we have a casual listener listening to this and you know, they don't know too much about, um, boxing as a whole if could you give someone of any advice on if something were to happen in their life where someone was in need of like their blood stopping or maybe they're like they see a car accident happen or and and you see someone bleeding is there anything that you could like call 911 <laughs> but i mean it, i mean d- it, yeah it's tough man because you know that's trauma that's a, that's <laughs> like car wreck uh you know, uh, pressure is key. Pressure, you yeah. know, like you got to put pressure on something right away. If it's a, uh, you know, and, and you can't panic, you got to You got to If the guy's bleeding, bleeding out, you want to try to stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. You got to put pressure. It could be a tourniquet. If it's mm-hmm. something in the arm, if you got to get up high, put a tourniquet on, but a tourniquet is something that you kind of, you just don't put on and leave it. You got to release it a little bit, tighten it up again. There's all kind of then you call nine one one. You get the people that can actually get this Help person them. to uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Swelling is a lot of direct pressure to kind of keep control the swelling. Like you see the old fights where the guys just rubbing the thing like this. Mm-hmm. That's all bad. You never want to do that because you're damaging the tissue around it. You're actually making it worse. You know, it's just direct direct cold pressure. Mm. That is the key to to stopping trauma around the face because you're trying to not to let. So they can keep their vision, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a tough thing, man. I, I think you have to uh, any situation you have to. If it's an emergency situation, the calmer you are, the more success you'll have. How do you do that if you don't practice uh, car wrecks or anything like that? Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of. I'm in a business where I have to stay calm, mm-hmm. so. 
but these are relatively minor injuries compared to someone who's been in a car wreck or something like that. Right. Someone's mm -hmm. gotten beaten up like someone on the street, maybe they were beaten with a pipe or something. You come upon that, you know, you, you got to you, you help them, but you might not, you, if someone's really beaten like that, you don't want to move them because mm -hmm. you, they could have, you know, spinal injury. They could have a brain injury that if you move them, you're going to make it worse. You just try to take care of the situation as best and calmly as you can call 911, get the emergency people in there. You know, it's like, it, and this is boxing, right? We're talking boxing. Yeah. Self-defense. Self, what's the number one rule in self-defense? Aware of your surroundings. You're not going to let your girlfriends, your fiancés, you're not going to let them go to the store at 10 o'clock at night by themselves because they got to go get something that they forgot for work tomorrow or whatever. You're not going to allow that. You go with them, but you but even then put yourself in a risky situation. You know, you don't do those things. You don't, if you're in a, a, a public place and you see people are starting to get angry, especially nowadays, people argue, people are angry. People are not afraid to start, you know, throwing their opinions violently and aggressively. I will say it is time for us to go home, pick up and let's walk out the door. If yeah. you don't, the longer you stay in situations like that, the more risk and chance that you will be in a dangerous situation where now you will have to use those kind of, uh, you'll have to use things to, to stop bleeding, to yeah. <laughs> uh, reduce swelling, to you're going to have to call 911 because mm -hmm. you might not, it might not be you or your loved one next to you, but you might have to help someone else mm -hmm. because you've stayed too long. And now that poor guy is on the ground bleeding yeah. to death and you're the last one here that's a, that you're not the one filming you're not doing this so you're actually going to help to try to help the guy or the girl yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. what i would i would hope to myself to not be if either one of you guys ever saw video footage that i took of a terrible situation like that you, you should beat the shit out of me because i should never be the guy filming it i should be the guy helping mm -hmm. the situation yeah that's such a weird trauma response to like bring yeah. out your phone and be like, oh shit, it's something's like, happening. What the what the hell? Is that ain't in the handbook of emergency, you know, pamphlet. <laughs> filming it. I mean, I, I first, get it. I got you first wanna... aid. Wait, let me take with my phone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. You want to film like, oh my god, we gotta show this because they might need it for legal purposes, whatever. But somebody's got to help the guy. Yeah. Jeez, mm. you just don't want to watch the person bleed to death or get beaten to death while you were just filming it. That just don't make no sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's really interesting. Uh, it's really interesting that you called it. You, you're in the business of staying calm. Yeah, and I, and I think the, that's like a great uh, way to to think about it. You know, you you jump in the ring and you have to you have to be on. You can't be yeah. nervous. You can't think too hard. Um, no. And that could go. That could you could use that that same idea in in other things too in life you can you can yeah and uh based on whatever the escalation of the incident would be like you know i've never you know we were in uh dominican republic for a fight and uh i was actually shot at all of us were shot at there was a riot that happened in the in the arena and uh bullets pow 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 i had never been shot at in my life mm. so that was crazy right mm-hmm but we didn't all panic. We all moved together as a group back into our, our, our place 
we all had to retreat back into our stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, the fighter I was with was cut and I had to stop the bleeding. It was dark because we had to turn the lights off because they were shooting the bathroom windows out. It was crazy. And then the police came, sp sprayed tear gas, ran everybody off, came in and got us. But it was it was insane. But uh, those kind of situations, I mean, I after it was over, the next day, I was with Chris Algieri. We were with him. We were with him. We took a cat. All our security was gone after the next day because we had security there. It was like all was gone. Me and Chris went to the airport and we took an Uber. And believe me, we were both. Chris had the Uber app and he was making sure that this guy's going to the airport. <laughs> He's like, OK, we're still going to the airport. I go, you sure? He goes, yeah, we are. As soon as I got to the airport. And we got we flew in from Puerto Rico or Dominican to uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. As soon as I saw that American flag, I was like, "Thank God we made it. We got mm -hmm. out of there." But it but it was scary after the fact. During the thing, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't like we weren't all panicking. You know, we had all mm -hmm. were tried to stay calm and get us get everyone out together. Mm -hmm. But it was. Uh, but I'd never been in a situation like that, and I don't know how it reactive. I'm sitting at a Starbucks and some fool came in trying to shoot us all. I don't know what I would do. You know, I don't know if mm -hmm. I'd be a victim or I have no, I don't know how I, I've never been in a situation like that or uh, witnessing a hate crime, a physical hate crime against somebody. I, I pray and I rehearse in my head that I will be that. I will, I will stop that. I will do what I can to help and mm -hmm. assist that person. Will that, will I be that guy? Only, only I hope I never have to answer that question. And I hope that I am. And I'm, I'm never that person that's yeah. watching, standing by the wayside with the phone or watching and not doing anything. Like mm -hmm. I said in the beginning, I want to be I want to be the guy in the zombie apocalypse that goes out helping people, not not surviving because I didn't help anybody. Yeah. We need to get you on the. Uh the um, walking dead show maybe you can mm -hmm. make a cameo or something yeah yeah like, <laughs> sorry go it, no no it's just what well, that show it's like it's really the zombies are not the enemies it's the humans <laughs> yeah, exactly, the humans right? are the bad guys they're yeah. the bad guys yeah. they're um, the evil they're the evil walking dead man <laughs> but uh that, that's a good segue we so we uh so what we do is i mean and we've you know loved having you on for a second time um, but we end usually every time with, or, you know, since the last time you've come on with like these three rapid fire, kind of like funny questions. Okay. Okay. So the first one is if you, if, if someone were to ask your mom, let's say, um, what Michael Basil or James Basil does for a living, what you, how would your mom describe what you do? I don't, you know, I, I don't really know what he does, to be honest with you. I just, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, 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 I don't really know. I've asked him a few times. He don't really explain it that good to me. Because it's, it's foreign to her. This is yeah. like, she's asked me many times, Michael, what, when you say you go to work, <laughs> what exactly does that mean? I don't really know what you do. <laughs> so that's, my mom would re react like that. Yeah. I see him on TV. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> I'm sure I watch him when I see it, but I don't, what he's doing. I have no clue what he's doing on that thing. Okay. That's, that's solid. I like that answer. Um, and then second question is if you could do, if you couldn't do what you do now, which is maybe, you know, part-time trainer, part-time boxing coach, cut man, 
what would be your second career like that you would go to if you couldn't do this? My second career, I swear, um, I would love to be involved in uh, like archaeology. You've said that before. I forgot history, about that. like digging into history and being a part of like discovery and, and finding out. I would love that. That would be, I know it's, and that takes patience and mm-hmm. it's te- tedious and it's, you know, it's not the Indiana Jones type of thing, you know, like archaeology, treasure hunting, boy, <laughs> oh, that would be go. awesome. <laughs> Give, I want to buy one of those things, man. Go on the uh, beach. What you, yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I want to be. Beep, beep, man, beep. I, dude, I would be so happy, so excited. But I Fly love out here and I'll, we'll go on the beach and do that. I would love it. That would be <laughs> so cool. All right. And then uh, third question is, and this is not one we asked because we had Chris on last time. I didn't ask him this, but if you could be one, not even Marvel, one superhero, Marvel, DC, whatever, who, who do you think would represent you? Who would you be? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I, uh, man, I don't know. I like, uh, I've always, since I was a kid, like Batman, but Batman mm-hmm. doesn't really represent me because Batman's a rich guy. <laughs> but I, I like the, uh, I like, uh, I don't know, if, I don't know if there's a guy that I would really, I don't really, yeah. um, I, I, I know the superpower I would want. It'd be invisible. Okay, that's good. Hey, that's invisibility. Good I would love to be <laughs> invisibility. You know, that that would be awesome. not like super strength or any of that yeah i mean i i I like what captain america like he's a human being Mm -hmm. that has these super you know power like luke cage yeah i was watching luke cage on um on uh netflix and he's got that same thing that that basically captain america has right they're Mm -hmm. they're human but they have this you know bulletproof skin and tight they're strong as hell yeah but but I, i like the human aspect of superhero I don't want to be something that's like an alien. That's not really like Superman's great, but man, you can't, you know, geez, it's a, it's a lonely life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's not, you don't want to like pat someone on the back and just send them like a billion, (laughs) billion miles away. Yeah. Nothing can hurt him. He's like invincible. He's going to outlive all of us, you know? Yeah. That's very, it's like, that's not very cool. I mean, like I loved in the last Marvel where uh, Captain America decided to go back and become human, let it all yeah. go and go grow back and with grow, his, grow with old. Woman. Yeah, you know, he did his time as a superhero and now he's going back to live his life as a human being. Mm. I like that whole aspect of going back in time too. Yeah. I, I, I like that that type <laughs> of thing. You ever remember yeah. those shows where I'm thinking maybe the Ant guys... Man. Ant-Man, Ant-Man is probably... That's probably the one. <laughs> I was, hey, me and Tiny would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Me and super Tiny. Super Tiny or Super Big. Yeah. But invisibility would be cool for me. I would like yeah. that. That's awesome. Dude, well, that was Now a, you see a... me? Now you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dude, it's been, you know, really something to have you back. I mean, it's awesome. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry we waited so long, but I'm glad that oh, it's here now. That's yeah. great. I'm, me too. I'm happy. Yeah. But, it's uh, fun. Yeah. I miss you guys, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, hey, I miss, I miss you while. guys, too. Yeah, just, it's tough, you know. Mm-hmm. But hopefully we get it all normalized, maybe. We'll see, and then we can all 
travel around again, see each other. Yeah. Yeah. Take care of yourself. I know that I will. Uh, traveling like that takes a toll. So it does. we're, it we're does. thinking about you. I appreciate it. <laughs> and watching you too. It's easy. Yeah. Watch <laughs> us. Watch us, man. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. You have a commercial. It'll be a good fight. Soon. Your own commercial <laughs> on ESPN. Yeah, we'll do it <laughs> for sure. What What can you uh, can you tell the audience when when we could see you? You just kind of. I will be this Saturday on the Zone. Mm-hmm. It's a paid app. Uh, easy, you can see UFC fights, all boxing, major boxing fights. Uh, with uh, WBO middleweight champion Demetrius Andrade. Uh, he's fighting Liam Williams, and then on the twenty. 20- 2nd of april i'll actually be with ring city usa on nbc we'll be at west point the military Uh college in upstate new york Mm -hmm. we'll be there on thursday night fights and then i'll be the house cut man there and then on saturday april 24th back here in orlando florida i'll be with top rank as house cut man with stitch duran i think mike rodriguez might be involved in that one the other cut man i work with up in ring city is aaron navarro out of texas uh there'll be um i'll be at that that fight with uh top break on the 24th when where can uh people find you on social media it's just the basil strength on the instagram okay and uh it's uh b-a-z-z-e-l strength Mm -hmm. that's kind of everything that i have and then uh alohatimeboxing.com is our website for the boxing gym for bruno escalante arnold denong you know they kind of run that while i'm doing all this mm-hmm. but uh that's in san mateo california and it's cool man it's fun yeah yeah i need to get back there i'm probably gonna visit later this month and maybe i'll stop by the gym i would love to be to kind of come back at performance games too with chris and nick and everybody but i don't know if they're really ready to to do anything like that yet i think they're going to start yeah. slow bringing it back slow yeah i have yeah. all my gear it's in my uh, kitchen <laughs> he's ready <laughs> he's ready I have it all, man. It's like piles of stuff. We got a whole gym in there. Awesome. Well, it, was, it was great having you on. Um, and we'll we'll chat soon. Yes. Yeah. I hope so. Let's do it again. Cool. See y'all. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.